1: on the Roman Guest Line right here, right now. Also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash is where you can see his beautiful face as he talks NCAA betting. But most importantly, what the hell are the Kansas City Chiefs doing right now? <laughs> Joining us on the Roman Guest Line is Alex Gold of 610 Sports Radio, Kansas City. Alex, how you doing, sir? A
2: little disappointed Ryan's not on the show tonight because I, I want to make sure I'm quoting Ryan correctly. Uh, there was a tweet that he sent out during the KU Miami game, quote, Kansas has the worst fans on this planet. I was hoping to address this directly with Ryan. I guess we're going to have to do this another time. I don't know what his beef is. I assume he was on Miami and maybe he was just a little upset.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. And um, by the way, the reason he's not here is because of that. It's because of that. It's <laughs> because, because of that. Cam yes. uh, sends this rundown around noon. He saw the rundown and said, oh, God, Alex Gold's nope. going to be on our number no, four. He's no, ducking no, no. the smoke. He's ducking the smoke. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he has to answer for that. But uh, when he comes back, best believe I will make sure that he gets that that memo from you to to answer for his tweets. He has a lot of them to answer for. <laughs> Alex, I got to ask you about the Kansas City Chiefs. I know you talked about it with my guy Nick Ashew here. I need some questions answered as to what the heck they're going to do offensively. I know you got Juju there. You got Flash Gordon there still. Is McCole Hardman still there? Hardman still playing football there. How do you think the – what do you think the impact will be losing Tyreek Hill? I still believe in – of course, Andy Reid is a mind, offensive mind, and I, of course, believe in Patrick Mahomes and his skill level at the quarterback position. But Tyreek Hill does matter a, a, a lot, maybe more than some are trying to admit. What do you think about this loss and how they move forward of the Kansas City Chiefs?
2: Yeah, there's no question it matters. Anybody trying to act as though it's not a loss, I, I think, uh, is obviously just fooling themselves at this point in time. This is a guy that I think will be a Hall of Famer someday. You trade away a, a future Hall of Fame wide receiver, someone with that skill set so unique. And that's why, you know, the, the contracts come out about Devontae Adams. And, of course, now Tyreek Hill is the highest paid wide receiver NFL history is like while Devonte Adams to me is a better wide receiver there's nobody that does something in an individualized skill set the way that Tyreek Hill does and so there's no doubt Kansas City takes a step back in terms of that opportunity to have that playmaking ability we all saw what happened in the AFC divisional round game where he took what was probably going to be what a, a 15 or 20 yard reception uh, 60 plus yards for a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills so that element is gone. Yeah. But what I think we're gonna see is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy, who comes over from Chicago and of course has ties to Kansas City prior to that. I think we're gonna see kind of this reinvention of the Chiefs' offense to where it's gonna be more balanced. Not necessarily that they're gonna hand the ball off to Clyde Edwards Alaire a ton, but look at the two wide receivers that they did sign. Now I don't I don't ever want to sign wide receivers because of blocking ability, but I think it's interesting here: Juju Smith Schuster and then Marquez Valdez Scantling, right? and they're both pretty good blocking tight ends. I think Andy Reid's looking to go back a little bit more to the screen game that we haven't seen quite as much for a couple years, whether that's with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, whether it's with Ronald Jones, who the team just acquired uh, in free agency after spending some time there in Tampa Bay. Maybe they bring back Jarek McKinnon. So I think it's going to be more screen game and then more balance, guys. Other than Travis Kelsey on a weekly basis, I don't know if we're going to have the same type of idea of who's getting the target share week in and week out. I think this is going to be split up pretty nicely between Juju, uh, MVS, McCall Hardman, Quentin, as you mentioned as well. And then uh, some rookie wide receiver, whether that's at pick 29 or 30, or they trade up to try to go and get one of those really special wide receivers, or if it's a guy they draft in the second or third round, I think this can be very divided up when it comes to being a more balanced offensive passing attack.
0: You know, it's a pretty good luxury to have Alex when, uh, You know, you've got Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, still the 10th highest rated quarterback in the NFL in a down year for him. So this is the reality, though, of where these teams get to, where you pay your quarterback all this money. You're still in a salary cap league, and sometimes there has to be sacrifices. We've Mm -hmm. seen Green Bay do it, and we've seen Kansas City do it. You know, you mentioned, uh, obviously, the possibility of, of, of receivers in this draft and where Kansas City could go in terms of adding more to this receiver core. Let's just say right now that they didn't. Draft anyone. They don't like it. They don't lower the board. I doubt that's going to happen, but they just don't like, let's just play the game. The receivers they have right now on this depth chart, how good should they feel about the talent that's already there?
2: Yeah, it's worrisome for a lot of Chiefs fans, but the one thing I'll point out is back in 2014 or so, which was a year where the Chiefs only won nine games, it was the lowest win total since Andy Reid was in Kansas City, and Alex Smith was their quarterback. They still had Jamal Charles, but Travis Kelsey wasn't. You know, really the Travis Kelsey we we all know him to be, and that wide receiver core uh, was was pretty mediocre for the most part, and they still finished near you know the top ten or so in the league in, in offense. And so, even if you think this wide receiver core, which it is, is not going to be nearly as talented as where it's been, and if this is actually the group that they roll into Week One with. Uh, what, what's the floor for this offense, guys? I, I, I still think they're a top 10 offense. Uh, there's nothing to to show us under Andy Reid and then now with Patrick Mahomes to make us think that they're still not going to have, you know, I think worst case scenario, the eighth best offense in football. The real question in terms of bigger picture and how competitive can they be is, all right, if their offense is only going to be the eighth best, where's the defense come from? And defensively, they haven't done anything on the defensive line to improve the pass rush, which was the number one need heading into the offseason. That was before we knew they were ever going to trade Tyreek Hill on the other side of the ball. So that, to me, is still the biggest problem with this team. The offense uh, is is one of those with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. To me, I'm, I'm confident they will figure that out. But can defensively, they take a big enough step to where it can balance the two together and where Kansas City is still going to be in the mix by the time we get to the middle portion and end of end of the 2022 season.
1: Alex, I know we got to go ahead and, and talk about the NCAA and March Madness, but really quickly before we go over there, I want to look at the AFC West. So the Chiefs right now are favored plus 135 to win the division, but the Chargers, plus 270, have the second best odds. They had Khalil Mack this offseason, as well as, of course, having the offense with Justin Herbert and those guys returning. The Broncos, they say, you know what, we want to get in on the fun. We'll bring in Russell Wilson to play quarterback with what we already have established here in these couple a few years here that we've been building our team. And then the Raiders, six to one in the AFC West. They just traded for Devonte Adams, like the talent in. They could have an entire AFC team in the Pro Bowl of just the AFC West because all the talent is right here. Do you think the Chiefs repeat as the AFC West champions, or do we have another team that comes and takes the crown? With now, look, it looks like a more vulnerable Chiefs team. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it.
2: There's no question they're more vulnerable. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, And and this division is as good as it's been uh, under Mahomes and Reed in that pairing. And so despite their dominance, and look, the Broncos haven't beat the Chiefs since 2015, which is wild to think about. That's how dominant they've been in that division. But this is a different ballgame. It is game on now in the AFC West. Uh, I think we obviously have seen the odds reflect that as well. But there still is part of you that looks at a team like the Chargers, who seemingly over the last three or four years as well, have had every opportunity, including this past year, to take that crown from Kansas City. And for whatever reason, uh, they haven't been able to do it, whether it's a bunch of injuries all of a sudden hit them or, as we saw towards the back end of the season, uh, Brandon Staley, maybe some questionable decision-making as well in what was an, in just an epic overtime win for the Chiefs there. So this will be the toughest task for Kansas City, and I, I think the gap obviously is closed there. But it's still hard for for me to look at the Chiefs still not being the team where I would put my money at unless you're just looking for a value play in which I love the Denver Broncos when it comes to that. But this is still the Chiefs division, guys. I have to see it uh, from the Chargers, and and I have to see it from a first-year head coach in Denver and Nathaniel Hackett. I still have a lot of questions about some of the other teams in terms of actually going out and doing it. Um, But to me, 11 wins is going to get the job done. That's how competitive – it is in the AFC West. I don't, I don't think you're going to have to get to 12 wins uh, to win the AFC West.
0: And it, it's, it's crazy to think. I mean, we're talking about how stacked that AFC is. It's not just short-term. I mean, it could be the next decade yeah. with all those quarterbacks there. So you, you've you got more than enough, certainly, to talk about in Kansas City when it comes to the Chiefs. We've also got the Kansas Jayhawks, who you mentioned when you first jumped on. Uh, they're in the Final Four, in case you you, you didn't remember that. They're four-and-a-half-point yeah. favorites right now against Villanova. Yeah. I when you watched so far what you've seen from this Kansas team, Quint and I were talking about this before, like a big advantage to me with Villanova, you and I may have even talked about this on Saturday when you came on my show, Alex. Uh, Villanova is, may be the best free throw shooting team in the history of college basketball when this is all said and done. Kansas, not so much there. That to me is the biggest, uh, I'd say, glaring weakness for Kansas. If this game is close, yeah. that could come down to free throws and that could be a real issue for them. What worries you the most about this Kansas team against Villanova?
2: Yeah, I'm 100% with you on the free throws. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, Villanova, one of the most experienced, the most experienced team in the country, and they don't make the mistakes down the stretch. That's why when you and I did talk, we we looked at Houston, and I was like, hey, I don't think Villanova's going to make the same mistakes that Arizona made down the stretch. And that's obviously kind of how it played out a little bit there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's concerning. Look, Kansas cannot shoot as poorly from the line as they did against Miami and beat Villanova. That Mm -hmm. was a miserable performance from the line, really uncharacteristic from Kansas. That just cannot happen. Uh, on Saturday night against Villanova, especially against Jay Wright. And in that kind of uh, well-coached team, Jay Wright is one of my favorite coaches in college basketball. I actually had Villanova in Kansas playing in the Final Four, and I have Nova as my national champs. The problem with what has changed, guys, here, two things. Number one, we all know the injury to Justin Moore and the second-leading score, what that does for Villanova. They're not a deep team to begin with. They don't rotate a bunch of guys. And now, though, you take away Justin Moore. I really think that hurts Villanova's chances at winning this game. Uh, on the Kansas side, the difference in what's changed from when I first filled out the bracket is uh, Remy Martin. Remy Martin, we saw make a run in the Big 12 tournament for Kansas. The, the Pac-12 leading score from a year ago, the Big 12 preseason player of the year who was MIA for much of the season. And I, I felt like, all right, what are we waiting around for here in Kansas uh, to see what Remy Martin can be? I think you kind of have to move on. He's not going to come back. What is Bill Self doing? And it shows you what I and others know when it comes to to looking at Bill Self, who's a Hall of Fame head coach. Remy Martin is the only reason why this team is in the Final Four. I know Ochai Obagi is the, the National Player of the Year candidate. Hasn't had a great tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. another part of this game against Nova. Ochai has to step up if Kansas is going to end up uh, cutting down the nets and getting to a national championship.
1: All right, Alex, we got about 60 seconds here. So what are your final plays and predictions for Nova, Kansas? That spread is 4.5 as well as North Carolina against Duke. 4.5 there as well. Before we get you out of here.
2: Yeah, so in, in that game, so I, I like the under as well. I do think this is a game that's played in the low 60s. I think if it's a, a 67, 62 type of game, something like that. I So I actually like the under. I think it's around 133. At last check, mm-hmm. uh, you got uh, and and then as far as the spread goes, I want to wait to see if there's some movement here. I know in some some spots it's gone down from four and a half. I, I, I think right now you can wait. I don't believe the line's going to go up. I think the Justin Moore injury is already factored in there. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm going to kind of hold off a little bit at four and a half. If it gets down to four, uh, three and a half, I'll, I'll jump all over Kansas. And then uh, real quick, just on the on the Duke side of things there. I just think at this point in time, Duke is playing like the team we all thought they were going to be yep. in preseason. And I don't see North Carolina after beating them and Cameron Indoor, uh, being able to pull this thing off. I think coach K is going to get himself into a national championship game
1: against Kansas. Alex gold keeps it 100. That's why we bring him on the show. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much. Let's see what those chiefs do. But most importantly, well, let's see what the Jayhawks do. Cause they won me some money. I think I want to take them again against Villanova. And I, th- I just might. Four and a might have to take it there. Alex, thank you so much for joining the show. I will pass the word to Ryan Horvath, and he will <laughs> do a public apology uh-huh. tomorrow. My word. You have my word, Alex. I'll be looking for it. Thanks, guys. Our you guy, man. Alex Go joining us on the Roman Guest Line. You get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL.